Welcome to Big G in Conversation, the podcast from inside Guelph City Hall. Hi, I'm Wendy King, and on today's show, we're talking with the staff from Engineering and Transportation Services, Facilities and Energy Management, and Finance about how we plan and pay for capital infrastructure projects. Let's get started. Welcome to my guest today, Greg Clark, the Manager of Financial Strategy and Long-Term Planning, Ken Vanderwall, Manager of Technical Services with Engineering and Transportation Services, and Auntie Vilko, General Manager of Facilities and Energy Management. Hi there. Good afternoon, Wendy. Hi, Wendy. So, hi. So, Greg, let me just start with you. When I hear capital infrastructure, which is our topic today, I kind of just think big money jobs. Uh, is that basically it? Um, no, when we talk infrastructure at the city and we're talking about capital projects, we're talking everything that uh, is basically a fixed asset or a physical um, item that we manage and replace. So everything from park benches to the wastewater treatment plant and everything in between is covered within our capital budget and our infrastructure planning. And so how do you go about funding all of that? So we have a number of sources at the city that we use to fund our capital program. Taxes and rates uh, are, are one of the main ones, as well as grants, uh, development charges for growth-related items, as well as partners um, that may contribute or, or partner with the project on it for us. Each project is reviewed to determine the best uh, source of funding, who it benefits the most, who should be paying for it, what type of project it is, um, so that we can align those funding. And, and each project is unique uh, in a lot of ways in terms of who it benefits and who should be paying for it. So there's a bit of work that goes into there to balancing it all. But like I say, we have a number of different sources and we look for those primary drivers and help us make that decision about uh, where the, who should ultimately bear the cost of those assets. So I know we've talked about it before, but the city has a new four-year budget process, right? So how do you, how does that all work? How do you plan or do you plan differently? So we've been doing 10-year capital plans at the city for at least 10 years now. Um, what's changed with our new four-year multi-year budget cycle is that the operating uh, budget is also moving to a multi-year. So that's where the four years comes in. And the way that we've work to connect the capital is trying to do better alignment of timing and planning of the short-term aspect of our 10-year plan. So making sure that those next four years align with the operating plans that uh, departments are considering both uh, operational needs as well as long-term capital and we're getting those better in sync so that the interdependencies and the and the operational impacts of completing a capital project are reflected in the plans that are being put forward on the operating budget and we have a better uh, four-year forecast for a business plan that's able to be put in front of council. So does the, the new like long-term financial framework help with all of that planning? For sure. So developing that framework has made um, my job a fair bit easier and a lot of our jobs easier and that we're able to look out for long-term horizons. And so we're looking at what kind of asset replacement we have planned for the next 25 years. What level of funding is that going to require? Where might we get uh, funding from? And, and and if we have gaps, how can we close those gaps? And it gives us more time to, to react and respond and develop plans. Um, it also helps change the the mentality and the the um, 
process behind the scenes in terms of budget planning, because now everybody in the city is getting into that longer term vision and, and doing those further out planning exercises, which makes it much easier to align across departments, across divisions and get a, a united corporate culture that looks at a more robust method of financial management. Um, it is going to take time to see the f- complete and full benefits of all of this, but it's a great path that we've started down and we're really excited about it. Very cohesive. It sounds cohesive, you know? Yeah, for sure. So Ken, Ken, just to bring you into it, um, why would you say capital infrastructure is so important and how does it really impact the average Guelph resident? Uh, so the capital infrastructure for the city of Guelph is extremely impactful for all the Guelph residents. Whether we talk about the investments in our facilities, which is where Auntie's group of facilities design and construction, or the engineering and transportation services portfolio. Uh, In the engineering and transportation services area, we focus on aspects such as the roads, sanitary sewers, utility coordination, and how these tie into the environment around us. So for example, uh, we've had recent success with rebuilding some of our linear infrastructure, our roads, while improving the interaction with these roads with our existing wetlands and natural areas. Uh, These would be roads like Eastview Road, where we were able to rebuild the road while adding wildlife crossings and funnel fencing to reduce wildlife mortality on this stretch of road. We were also able to provide stormwater quality control devices prior to the discharge to Hedati Creek. Uh, another example of this approach was Niska Road, where we built on what we did on Eastview Road, and again added wildlife crossings and funnel fencing, all while reconstructing the critical infrastructure for transportation conveyance of sewage, stormwater, and the coordination of our third-party utilities like Bell, Rogers, Enbridge, and Electra. This, we feel, is in keeping with our strategic plan pillar of protecting the green infrastructure provided by woodlands, wetlands, watercourses, and other elements of Guelph's natural heritage system, while also improving and replacing our critical infrastructure throughout the city. Right. So, you know, everybody in every city is always thinking about aging roads, sidewalks, bridges, sewers, uh, you know, all, all the fun stuff. Um, how, how do you, what is the city's plan for all of that? So the city uses our asset management process combined with uh, constant communication with our water, wastewater, and public works departments to identify the infrastructure in need of repair and replacement. Uh, presently, we have a five-year capital program established. And while this gets tweaked based on new information, it is an accurate representation of the work program for the next number of years. We're also working on a 25-year capital program, which admittedly is more uncertain as we anticipate there will be many changes in the next 25 years, either with legislation that we need to follow or technology and techniques. Or the information that we continue to gather on our aging infrastructure may reprioritize some infrastructure over other areas. Likewise, with our roads, we have condition assessments made for the roads that help us determine which roads are in the biggest need of resurfacing, and we discuss with Public Works who maintains our roads to put together the list for upcoming years. Unfortunately, with many of these items, our wants for repairs exceed our ability to address them, but we are making progress in reducing our existing infrastructure deficit. And then what what happens, Ken, um, when you're determining what to do with your downtown infrastructure renewal work? Why would that be considered so essential? So the city is working through our master plans to help identify the requirements for the downtown areas, uh, including evaluating based on condition and growth. So this is an area of greater impact for the city, both in terms of economics as well as the life of the city. So we're working very diligently to ensure we are providing enough capacity 
and enough evaluation before we start the works downtown. So, Auntie, just to bring you into the, the conversation, I've always been intrigued by what you all call the Central Operations Campus. Uh, why is the city investing in that, and how does that benefit Guelph? Yeah, no, great question, Wendy. The Central Operations Campus will be a singular centralized location that will include the city's operational and maintenance departments, including transit, fleet maintenance, solid waste operations, and public works. And so the existing facilities where these departments are, cur are currently operating out of are aging and uh, beyond capacity. So the sites no longer meet the needs of the city and really being able to provide these services to the city. So investing in this new campus concept will allow us to continue to provide services to the community and also um, recognize some efficiencies from having all of these uh, departments that are very much related in one location. And so gaining that operational efficiency and also allowing it to be built for future growth of, of the community. So as you know, the city's gonna be growing to uh, 170,000 over the next uh, 10 years, I believe is the forecast. So just having those operational facilities that can meet the demands of a growing city. Yeah, that's crazy. I imagine you kind of feel you're always doing catch up because the city's just exploding. It's, I mean, it's great, but it's uh, it takes a lot of uh, planning, I assume. For sure. And I understand that, Auntie, there are plans for a South End Community Centre and then a new main branch library downtown. So could you give us a bit of a vision into what's included in those? Yeah, for sure. So the... Um New Library and South End Community Centre are two major projects uh, for the city and really they're they're based on needs so um, the city conducts needs assessments and also conducts master plans so for the South End Community Centre there's a recreation master plan that really identified what are the needs for the for the south end of the city where um, which is a significant area of growth and it identifies what uh, what what is the the makeup of that facility really look like for the library as well the the needs of uh, a future library are are established with needs assessments as well as inputs from the individual departments and service areas as well as um, through public engagement and community input um, as far as what's included at that uh, South End Community Centre there will be a twin basketball courts, uh, twin ice pads, uh, sw swimming pool, uh, very modern facility that uh, I think the, the residents of Guelph will really enjoy for, for years to come. Mm -hmm, sounds good. And the library, similar kind of thing? Yeah, so the library's uh, expected to be three, three stories uh, located at the south end of the Baker District uh, property, which is currently a surface parking lot. And it's uh, estimated to be about 88,000 square feet. It will have um, all modern amenities, all the uh, library program needs will be met. And there will also be a parking underneath the library that will uh, be used for public use for both library patrons as well as visitors to the downtown. Right. So when you set goals like carbon neutral, by 2050 and 100% uh, renewable energy. How does that impact capital investments and in these projects going forward? 
Well, certainly there's a there is a capital impact to uh, to investing in uh, renewable energy infrastructure. The regardless of the financial impact, it's uh, aligned with our strategic plan, and it's the right thing to do for our community and for for the planet. So we're looking to maximize our investment in uh, sustainable and energy efficiency and energy conservation measures and really looking to leverage new and emerging technologies to really capitalize on the on the investments that we we want to make in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure who this is for, but it just came to my mind that in the past, uh, we've discussed how COVID has just, you know, basically thrown a monkey wrench into a lot of things. So I'm sure that that is also the case with planning. So in other words, you found out that probably more people are going to take public transit in the future. Uh, you know, if things don't go quite back to old normal, um, you, your people are using your trails more often, that kind of thing. So I know you can't know for sure how everything is going to change, but how do you implement, I guess... You know, things you can't, who who knew we were going to be two years into this, right? So I'm just curious how that works with planning for all of this. Well, I think one of the first things that um, we we jumped on fairly early on in, in uh, with COVID was making uh, changes in, in the design documents to, uh, to really facilitate some of the lessons learned through the process of opening up sort of uh, following that first wave and, and really making it uh, as compatible with the information that we know now. So things like uh, all the service desks have, have screens already built in. So our existing facilities, for example, we had to do some renovations to make them uh, safe for, for being open to the public. Here we've incorporated uh, those design features right into the, into the original design. So that's uh, that's how we want to move forward and, and really keep up to date with uh, public health guidelines. Yeah, Greg, did you have anything to add to that? Yeah, definitely. From a you know a budgeting perspective, that has been a challenge in terms of you know what are the cost <laughs> drivers behind these things. And and like Andy said, we've we've spent some time putting our mind to you know which services are going to be impacted, which services are going to have capital investment or operating investment, and and trying to, you know, highlight not worst case scenario, but most likely scenarios that we might have to implement in terms of a go forward, because we know some things are going to get better and and we're not going to have to carry out those measures. But what things become the new normal, I think, is the big thing that that we've had to do. And, you know, we're looking for opportunities to incorporate those into the budget as we're going through the planning. So it has put a little bit of a wrinkle into our 10-year planning this year, for sure. And I guess because we're, we're obviously we're doing this all remotely, so nobody's really back at City Hall. I mean, not of certain um, departments, I guess you're still working from home. Yeah, most of us uh, at City Hall, I know in the finance department, we're still a lot of us are working remotely and uh, in a lot of other areas as well. And certainly, and, I, I think. Oh, sorry. And just to that, Wendy, uh, there's several departments in, in the city that um, particularly the operational areas uh have been working through COVID, uh, coming to work all day, uh, every day, to do their to do their job and and to provide that service to the community. So there is a some certain areas and departments that um, are have that, 
innate flexibility to work remotely and, and others just don't because of the nature of the work and the nature of the right. service they provide. Right. Understandable. Yeah. And you, I know you have, you know, your plans and your surveys that in, in, in the way to gauge uh, conditions of facilities, et cetera. But I'm also thinking you probably listen to residents' opinions uh, and do town halls and that kind of thing. Would I be accurate there? Yeah, definitely. For the budget this year, we've got a couple of opportunities for, for people to get involved. And, and I direct anybody who's interested to go to the Guelph.ca website and dates for the budget um, information engagement opportunities will be up there. But we're looking at a couple of uh, opportunities to have some staff and citizen engagement around different subjects uh, in September, as well as a uh, town hall opportunity where the executive team and, and some senior finance people will be available, as well as a um, council session to do some, some budget uh, workshopping and discuss some of the bigger issues facing us in terms of long-term budget planning. So, you know, look, like I say, go to the Guelph.ca, look for those dates, they'll be posted shortly, and then you can find out how to get engaged uh, on the budget. Perfect. So usually at the end, gentlemen, we do a little rapid fire, a couple questions at the end, just briefly. Um, so this might be for, for Greg and Auntie, but whoever wants to jump in. Um, what impact of all the things that we've discussed, what impact on the city budget? So when we're talking about capital, like I talked about earlier, we have numerous sources of funding. We're looking out over a long term. So things like the operations campus or South End Rec Center and Library, those are big budget items. However, we're looking at them holistically in our 10-year capital plan. So there's no new taxes being proposed. There's no spikes in taxes due to these projects. They are part of our long-term planning. They're part of our infrastructure renewal in some cases, like the uh, campus and the library, or our growth planning, like the the South End Rec Center. Um, and what we've done is worked with council to implement the infrastructure renewal strategy over the last five years. And that's allowed us to have funds to, to begin to catch up on the infrastructure deficit that Ken mentioned, as well as working to ensure that development charges and those types of things are covering the cost of growth. So we're, we're planning ahead. So these projects are well within our 10 year plan and, and we've been you know planning for them for a number of years. So we're, we're excited that they're starting to move forward and gonna be implemented shortly. For sure. And what impact do you think, or, or not impact, but how do they benefit the average citizen? Well, I think the uh, the benefit just it really facilitates uh, the for, for the library and the South End Community Centre. I think they'll really benefit from that experience uh, of uh, utilizing those those new facilities and and the services within. I think for the operational campus, I think that will be maybe less obvious for the public in the sense that uh, it allows our operational vehicles to be maintained efficiently and effectively and really provide those operational services uh, that happen in behind the scenes uh, that, that uh, I think the public sometimes doesn't uh, always uh, recognize all the things that do happen in, in, in the background to make uh, the city function. For sure. And one word to describe why the city wants to move ahead with these jobs? Well, maybe two words. Future ready, okay. I think, is the, is the key. Just uh, it's part of our strategic plan and, and being uh, being ready for that growth and, and the future of, of our, our great city. And Ken? The, I guess from my perspective, where it comes back to us looking at how we interact with our environment and how we can improve things going forward. So we try to make things 
safe. We realize some things are at the end of their life and we want to make things better as we go along. So in engineering, that's pretty much what we try to do. Perfect. And Greg? And at the end of the day, we're trying to make it, you know, sustainable and affordable. And I think long-term planning has allowed us to to manage the cost of these projects and the planning of these projects at a, a, a an affordable and appropriate tax levy point. And it's it's exciting to to get this renewal going. Sounds like an exciting and busy time ahead for all of you. So my thanks to our expert panel, Greg, Ken, and Auntie, for filling us in on all of this. I'm Wendy King with the City of Guelph's Big G in Conversation podcast. Thanks for joining me. If you have ideas for a show or comments, you can email biggpodcast at guelph.ca. Until next time, take care and let's keep the conversation going.